Voices of Wisdom Bible Church, the church of a distant Christian generation. Theology and technology are not enemy. We took time last week to establish that uh, the understanding of the social economic usefulness of our faith is essential in managing both personal economy and national economy. So the two last studies have been dedicated to the understanding of the socio-economic usefulness of faith in God in managing both personal economy and national economy. In doing that, you will recollect that we debunked the lies, two of them particularly, that are associated with religion and spirituality. And we went further to establish by verifiable facts how the knowledge that can be gained from the study of the Word of God can catalyze economic development through the means of complementing practical economic principles, including those that are related to science and technology. Put differently, we look into how the Word of God can catalyze economic development, not just of individual, but of nations, through employing the Word of God to complement, not just take the Word of God in isolation, take prayer in isolation, take spiritual matters in isolation, but complementing all of that with practical economic principles, including those that are related to science and technology. Uh, trying to still grant that perspective will link invention to creativity. You will recollect that we do that. We link invention to creativity and we linked creativity to the fact that God the creature created man in his own image. And it of course expected that the son should look like his father. The apple should not fall too far away from the apple tree. So God the creator created man in his own image. And therefore man also is capable of being creative. Man is capable of being creative because he was created by God himself who is the all embodiment of creativity. He created the entire universe. Nothing in this world escape, okay, is power of creation. And of course, to draw a balance, we drew the distinction between creativity and depravity. And that we need the word of God. We need faith in God, okay, to manage our creative capacity so that we don't use it for destructive purpose or use it as an abominable thing that will offend the principles of God. So we do that distinction between creativity and depravity. Uh, so I will try to still grant that, pers that perspective more. 
so that we'll be able to appreciate how theology and technology can complement to give us a better society. Praise the name of the Lord. So our idea of technology, last week the servant of God, the reputable scholar, helped us with regard to understanding basically what theology is all about. So I won't go in that direction again. But for technology, our idea of technology is the invention of useful things to solve problems. So if you are asked what actually is technology, it means invention of useful things to solve problems. Praise the name of the Lord. Now, anything that is useful for solving problems, okay, how does it become an enemy of the things of God? It shouldn't be. Are we together? So, the creation of things that makes life easier. That's what technology is all about. Creating things that makes life easier. So, technology can be as simple as digging well to obtain water for irrigation. Church, are we with me? So, take it from the basic. Eventually, it will get so sophisticated, but as simple as digging a well to obtain water for irrigation is a form of technology. Because instead of waiting for natural rainfall, okay, you went ahead, get your tools, and dig until you are able to get water, okay, you must also apply wisdom to look for what you are going to use to draw the underground water up. So if you get a fetcher and you tie rope around it, it's technology. You apply creativity to solve problem. Are we together? Okay, and then after some time, we develop to the level whereby you now insert uh, a, a, either a submerged uh, pumping machine or you use the surface uh, pumping machine. So technology can be as basic and as simple as, uh, as that, okay? But it's only simple for those who know how to do it. Praise the name of the Lord. So, and it can get so sophisticated to the level of making machines that can exhibit outstanding degree of rationality similar to that of man through artificial intelligence. Hello? Now, in the, in the past, what the level of technology is that Man think for machine. But gradually we are getting to the era whereby machine we think for men. Are we together? So, as simple as digging a well and as complicated as inventing machines that can exhibit outstanding degree of rationality similar to that of man through artificial intelligence. Of course, when you look at it again from the literary perspective, Development of language, okay, and improving on communication, make communication efficient. The invention of alphabets to express communication in writing itself is a form of technology. Are we together? Okay, before it gets to this level, okay, you want, you, want, you want to communicate a message, you have to do what in Yoruba we call aroku. Okay, imagine if we continue to paroku at this stage. Praise the name of the Lord. So it is the application of creativity, okay, that has led to the invention of uh, alphabet. 
to express communication. And the invention of alphabet has graduated to an area that uh, I'm still probing my young persons to let me into what it's all about, coding. I'm only hearing the word now. I want to learn about it. Praise the name of the Lord. So, communication and writing, we transisted from oral preservation of information to stone carving. When the Ten Commandments was to be given to uh, Moses, you see a perfect combination of theology and technology. Moses was to be spoken to by God. That is the theology aspect of it. Are we together? But God said, go and get your axe. Go and get your cutting tool and carve the rock and get a tablet. Hello? So the process of carving is technology. So, it com- so from the beginning, okay, there's always been this synergy between theology and what? Technology. So if anybody says we should not use tablet to preach, I don't know where that person is getting his own kind of understanding from. If somebody is saying we should not display uh, the text of our scripture on the screen in the church, oh, that person is still very, very, very backward. Are we together? Do you know that you get to some places where believers and pastors are still not comfortable with the use of some of these technological things to preach the gospel? So, we transition from oral presentation information to stone carving, as we can see how God asked Moses to go and carve the tablet out of the rock. Then we move to the prophet era, where it has graduated from tablet to leather scroll, animal skin. Okay, even before that time, okay, you will discover that they carved, they carved on, uh, on woods. M- most of the f- uh, ancient fathers, the patriarchs of our faith, they have their staff that they carry around. Praise the name of the Lord. A lot of people think that the staff they carry around is just meant for walking stick. It's more than walking stick. Some of them think the, <laughs> the, 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 the staff... It's just about using it to control their animals. It's more than using it to control sheep and goats and cows. They do carvings on the staff. Are we together? And so, and those carvings contain information, either messages they receive from God or history. It's, so those staffs are not just what ordinary. Praise the name of the Lord. So when Psalm 63 was saying, his staff and whatever, they comfort me. It's more than just ordinary wood. It's an instrument that contains both traditional and spiritual information. Are we together? So eventually, we move to the days of the prophets, whereby the printing press, I mean, they were using the leather screw, and of course, from the staff, that was cut from the wood or from tree that was preserving information instead of just keeping it as oral. We graduated to invention of paper. Are you aware that your paper is made from trees? Then from there, invention of printing press. And today we have the computers. And so, and then when we had the computer, it was just initially doing the work of the uh, manual uh, typewriter eventually to electronic uh, typewriter. But today, we have all manners of computer softwares. People are developing different kinds of uh, apps. 
And all of these are helpful to make life uh, easier. And of course, when we bring it, when we apply it to usage in preaching the gospel, it makes the preaching of the gospel convenient and more effective. The much number of people that are listening to me now on air and we eventually listen to this message are far more than the number of you that are present here. Are we together? In fact, the kind of responses that we are receiving from people who are listening all over the world far more surpass the kind of uh, uh, reverts we are getting from the local setting. Praise the name of the Lord. So we thank God for technology. So today, we are going to continue in that same light to study how men of the Bible contributed to uh, technological evolution and revolution. I'm already touching on that. Okay? How Moses <laughs> carved tablets. So the fact that technological invention were recorded in the Bible and we can see how it combined effectively to preserve the word of God uh, is an indication that God is interested in technology. Uh, some of the inventions recorded in the Bible were actually done as instructed by God. Hello? Some of the instructions were Carry out as instructed by God. So that tells us that God is not averse to technology. God is not averse to technology. So go and perish that technology phobia. Hello? Go and perish that technology phobia. So the believers have no justification to be averse to contributing to knowledge an invention that could make life better and easier. Praise the name of the Lord. Okay, some of you who are trying to struggle, how can I also be useful in kingdom affairs? How can I also serve God? I don't want to go to a Bible school and wear a collar. Yes, you can go to a college school okay, and come to the church. We will give you a room and a space whereby you can also apply that to fulfill a divine purpose, not just a professional purpose alone. Praise the name of the Lord. For the scripture says, man shall not live by bread alone. So, the believers are not only needed in the ministry to prepare people for heaven alone. We are equally needed in the industries to contribute to the betterment of the society in every way that our creative endowment can be engaged. So in whatever way your creative endowment can be engaged, know it that as you are contributing spiritually, okay, into you making heaven and others making heaven, you also have a responsibility to contribute to the betterment of the society. So employ every way that your creative endowment can allow to be useful. Tell somebody, employ every means by which your creative endowment can be employed to be useful to your society and also to be useful in ministry. God bless you as you take that challenge in Jesus' name. So, the believer contribution to the society must not just stop at prayer. 
we must also be an active player in the economy. Am I talking to somebody? The believer contribution to the society must not stop at just prayer. We must also be an active player in the economy. And that is why the scope of our teaching on biblical principle of economic uh, prosperity is not limited to pray, is not limited to give and get. Am I talking to somebody? God will open your mind in the name of Jesus. God will sponsor divine ideas into your life that will revolutionize our world for good in the name of Jesus. So, take it that the Bible is not just a textbook for pastors. It's a wrong attitude for you to think that the Bible is just a textbook for pastors. The Bible is more than preaching manual. It is the manual rather for living both the godly and the goodly life. How many of you love the godly life? How many of you love the goodly life? Then take your Bible. Depend on the Holy Spirit and you will discover that you are going to get information that enhance destiny. You are going to get information that will make you to solve the biggest problem that our world is contending with. Am I talking to somebody? So, hear it again. The Bible is not just a textbook for pastors. It is more than a preaching manual. It is the manual for living both the goodly and the godly life. So, there is no discipline that is not addressed in the Bible. There is no discipline. Mercy, transportation, communication, business, finance, mention it. There is no discipline that is not addressed in the Bible. And you can glean inspiration that will enhance your capacity in any field of human endeavor from your dedicated study of the Word of God. You want, to, you want me to say that again? You can glean inspiration that will enhance your capacity in any field of human endeavor from your dedicated study of the word of God. Tell your neighbor, be a friend of the Bible. So, the totality of divinity, everything about God, everything about theology, and humanity, including technology, science, and economic development, are addressed in the Bible. So the totality of divinity, the totality of humanity, are addressed in the Bible. The Bible contains everything there is to know about God and heaven. Everything there is a, that is available to know about God and heaven are contained in the Bible. Not only that, the Bible also points to everything you wish to know about man. Also points to everything you wish to know about man. Everything you wish to know about your environment. Everything you wish to know about the space. Everything you wish to know about the world around you. Everything you wish to know about the earth and beyond the earth. Praise the name of the Lord. Praise the name of the Lord. So, you can glean celestial information from your Bible as well as terrestrial information. So, we are going to do a quick survey again from the scripture. Invention 
that were recorded in the Bible as a result of self-initiative and those that were expressly commanded by God. I told you that in the Bible, okay, we find places where God instructed his servant to carry out certain actions that involve employment of technology, invention. Okay? And there were others that came about as a result of self-initiative. So, which therefore means that if you want to just be a professional, okay, and you need help from the Bible, you can always resort there. Are we together? And if you want to employ technology in the service of God, you can also find it there because we have people who employ their self-initiative to create things, to invent things in the Bible. And we have places whereby God himself expressly commanded his people to apply technology to fulfill his divine purpose. Remember in my message, Cain was not a failure. I pointed to you how that man by self-initiative, okay, built a city. Are we together? So if you're an estate manager, go and learn from King. And that was why we noted seriously what one of the great space scientists said last, uh, we noted it last week. He said it many years ago. We noted it last week that when you think, oh, you have gotten to the Eldorado and you are the first to be there, theologians will just surface and say, young man, Mr. Professional, we have always been there before you. So Cain built a city and his descendants were also credited for other technological achievements as early as the first generation of human being. Genesis chapter 4 from verse 17. Now, what is the purpose of this dimension of preaching is that every single person who is listening to me, particularly those of you who are members of Oasis of Wisdom Bible Church, you must be industrious people, not lazy people, not consumers, but productive people. Are you hearing me? You must be productive people. You must be up and doing. You must be contributing to the economy. And Cain knew his wife, verse 17, chapter 4, the book of Genesis. And she conceived and bare Enoch. And what did Enoch do? He builded a city. And called the name of the city after the name of his son, Enoch. And unto Enoch was born Irad, and Irad begat Mehujahil, and Mehujahil begat Methusahil, and Methusahil begat Lamech. And Lamech took unto him two wives. Now, this one did not continue in that tradition of being industrious. Hello? This is not the type I want you to be. Jaye, jaye, just socializing without contributing Okay, to even the instrument they are using or employed to socialize. And Lamech took unto him two wives. The name of the one was Ada, and the name of the other Zillah. And Ada bear Jabal, he was the father of such as dwell in tents. 
and of such as have cattle. Thank God that the generation that followed Lamech took to the path of productivity. They raised cattle. All animals, all animals will have been wild animals. If men like this did not start early okay, to tame animals, are we together? Every animal has the capacity to become wild. Are we together? You can raise a cat in the house if it eventually escapes into the jungle. You, you dare not touch it. It will, it, will, it will attack you as if a tiger is attacking you. A cat raised in the home. So thank God for this man who contributed to the domestication of animals as early as the first or sec, second or third generation of human beings. So, in other words, they were actually carrying out the instruction of God that man should take charge, man should have dominion. Some of you in the neighborhood where you are living, you just hear offensive odor. Okay? You will just allow it to just, uh, to just be there. You will not take a step to find out what actually is bringing out the offensive odor. Is it a thing I can take a step and remove it? And the whole community will be able to breathe fresh air. Sense of responsibility. Hello? You see, your creative ability cannot come into action until you have a sense of what? Responsibility. I preached somewhere yesterday. Maybe I'll bring the message here. Okay? On the spirit of indebtedness. Many of us are not aware that we are indebted to our family biological. We are indebted to our family Spiritual, and we are indebted to our society. So thank God for this man, okay, who domesticated cows, and therefore cows are now for our meat, cows are now for the leathers we are using to make our soup. Cows are easily available. Hunters will not have to go into the forest, in the, into the jungle, okay, to go and struggle to kill cows. And Zilla, she also bears to Baclean, an instructor of every artificer in brass and iron. Praise the name of the Lord. Now, I, I, iron did not exist as just iron. Iron exists as sand. Are we together? Iron exists as what? As sand. And it's not on the surface. It's down there. Somebody will have to go and bring it out and subject it to the heat of the furnace before it can form iron. But these men that you will consider as people that should be as primitive as anything, okay, were artificers in brass and iron. Artificers means they engage their hands in the work of art. Okay, to create artificial things out of the things that God by divine providence has made available. You see, everyone that has the right spirit must be an improver. Anything that you come in contact with must become better than the way you meet it. Are we together? But here you are, when they commit anything to your hand, you spoil it. I rebuke that spirit from your life in the name of Jesus. Are we together? 
Hello? You see, <laughs> when, when you study the Bible with the help of the Holy Spirit, the kind of things you are going to be seeing from the Bible will be amazing. The facets of the scripture you will just pass over as a mere record or information, you will discover that it contains powerful revelation that can transform your life. So, in verse 22, Tuba King was mentioned as one who made things out of bronze and uh, iron. Then, the second example will not be somebody who used self-initiative to become a professional, but somebody who used commanded instruction to get involved in technology to fulfill the purpose of God. Noah, in chapter 6. God discovered that men were messing up the world. And there was a need for God to step in and do something about it. Clean up the mess, but preserve the righteous generation. How will that happen? Somebody will have to build a ship. Hello? Are we together? Somebody will have to build what? A ship. So Noah was not giving a simple task. He was giving a sophisticated task. And God granted him the brain to be able to carry out the sophisticated task. They will tell you that uh, we started from the uh, history of development of sheep. We, say we started from, uh, uh, from boats. Uh, boats to this and that. No, Noah started. He didn't start with a boat. He started with a sheep. He built a three-story flood and storm-resistant ark. Can you call a three-story, uh, a three-story uh, magnificent edifice a boat? It's not a boat. It was of a great size. Genesis chapter six. I read from verse thirteen, and God said unto Noah. The hand of all flesh is come before me, for the earth is filled with violence through them. And behold, I will destroy them with the earth. Make thee an ark of gopal wood. So God pointed him to the material to be used. God will point you, okay, to what you think is ordinary, but as amazing word contained inside it. Amen. In the name of Jesus. Room shall thou make in the heart, and shall pitch it within and without with pitch. And this is the version which thou shalt make of it. The length of the ark shall be 300 cubits, the breadth of it 50 cubits, and the height of it 30 cubits. A window shall thou make to the ark, and in a cubit shall thou finish it above. And the door of the ark shall thou set in the side thereof with lower, second, and third story shall thou make it. How many stories? How many stories? All those ones we read in my, my I mean, the picture we have been given in my, my, my book of Bible story is a single story ark. Praise the name of the Lord. But if you read your Bible critically, the Bible told Noah, make it a third-story building. Praise the name of the Lord. So it was actually a magnificent, magnificent ship. Then, 
we read another self-initiative which God did not endorse. So it's not every idea that comes to your mind that God will endorse. So when ideas come to you, do this and do that, take it to God in prayer. Is this something that God will approve of or something that God knows that uh, it will bring evil to the world? So God will not approve every idea. Praise the name of the Lord. So people build the Tower of Babel in Genesis 11, verse 1 to 9, but God rejected it. Then we move further. Moses again, this time around, he was not doing it by himself. He was instructing people that have been gifted with skill to do something. So he, Moses engaged the skill of the man called Bezali and other wise-hearted men to build the tabernacle. This time, again, according to God's specification. God made the demand for it. Praise the name of the Lord. I'm just praying, I'm just praying. We may be thinking the country is hard, but from the situation that is hard, okay, God will give you the inspiration. He will give you the revelation. He will give you the insight. He will give you the idea to start something that people will patronize in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. You see, prophecy should not just be, okay, about uh, prophesying about impending danger. It should also be about the solution to the problems. Are we together? In the case of uh, Noah, yes, danger is coming. Flood is coming. He didn't say flood is coming. Oh yeah, start to pray. Start to pray. It's good to pray. But flood is coming. God has told me to build an ark. Enter it. But we have reduced prophecy to just announcing problem, and we don't have solution for them. Are we together? And the solution could be spiritual, and the solution could be practical action that could be scientific, that could be technological. Are we together? Exodus 31. You see, the church must rise to the level of what I am preaching. Otherwise, we will lose relevance. Are we together? So, and if we lose relevance, it is not because the it, it is not because the word of God is not relevant. It is because we are the one that failed to make it relevant. Exodus 31. I take it from verse 1. And the Lord spake unto Moses. Who is speaking to Moses? Say, see, I have called by name Bezali, the son of Uri, the son of Yor, of the tribe of Judah. And I have filled him with the spirit of God. Which spirit was Bezali filled with? Spirit of God. In wisdom. And in understanding, and in knowledge, and in all manner of workmanship. This time around, not to interpret dreams like Joseph. Spirit of God for workmanship. Spirit of God 
relevant in architecture. Are we together? Spirit of God, relevant in building bridge. Say, thank God for the Holy Spirit. Say, Lord, help me to engage the Holy Spirit beyond tongues and prophecies. Am I talking to somebody? I have given the Spirit of God. So, if he gives you the Spirit of God as a nurse, you will, you will never apply, you uh, see, injection, what you call it, to somebody and the person will paralyze. Because it is the Holy Spirit that is directing you to the right nerve. So you will not place it on the wrong nerve. Holy Spirit in everything. Somebody say, Holy Spirit in everything. Spirit of God in everything. It's an enhancer of capacity. Not just spiritual capacity. Even practical capacity. Understanding, knowledge. All manner. All manner. Somebody say, all manner. Of workmanship to devise cunning works to work in gold and in silver and in brass and in cutting of stone to set them and in carving of timber to work in all manner of workmanship and I Behold, I have given with him Aholiab, the son of Isamak, of the tribe of Dan, and in the heart of all that are wise hearted. Say, Father, make me wise hearted. I have put wisdom that they may make all that I have commanded thee. Technology in theology. Then we move on. We came to the days of the patriarchs of faith. Let's keep Abraham and come to Isaac. Isaac embarked on irrigation in the year of famine. There was famine in Genesis 26, similar to the one that happened in the days of uh, his father Abraham. And when it happened in the day of his father Abraham, God approved for Abraham to Japa. Because, you know, and that is escapist. That is the easiest way. The place you want to run to, if they have not built their own economy, what are you going to meet there? Are we together? So, Father Abraham, Japa to Egypt. So, Isaac thought that was the tradition. If you read Genesis 26, right from verse 1, he made up his mind, I'm also running away to Egypt. As many of you are trying to run away to Europe and America, praise the name of the Lord. In fact, it has gotten to the level that some people say, even if it is to go, make I go. Hello, the only place I know they will not want to run to for now is Niger. Hello. So, like Father Abraham, Isaac wanted to run. And God said, no, don't run. Stay and solve the problem. So, how wonderful it is, okay, that you are in Italy, you are in, uh, in Bahamas, you are in uh, America, you are in UAE, okay? 
And uh, I also be proud of that. But God may not approve that for all of you. Some of you, he may ask you to stay in Gera like he asked Isaac to stay in Gera. And Isaac became so prosperous because God gave him an idea of what to do. If you read Genesis 26, what you are going to see okay, that appeared very prominent there is that Abraham was digging well. He was doing what? Digging well. And I told you that technology can be as basic as digging well. So in that year of farmer, he embarked on irrigation. So a careful reading of Genesis 26 will show you that he was the father of alternative source of water for large-scale crop farming. Large-scale crop farming. And he achieved that in the year of uh, farmer. Then let's move to the kings. King Solomon built a very magnificent temple. God instructed it. Then you can see that in 1 Kings chapter 6. Not only that, whatever you can see today as public water system, whereby people stop carrying their jar and go to the river to fetch water, okay? we can now stay in our home and turn on our tap and enjoy water coming from the public water system, from the dam, started with Solomon. So he, he, he built aqueducts for an efficient public water system as far back as 970 BC to 931 BC. So it's a simple thing, okay, that in the 21st century, in some country like my country, we cannot enjoy public water that King Solomon, okay, had built as far back as 931 BC. Are we together? I should push us. Eh? Should push us, okay, to do something responsible. Am I talking to somebody? Now, if you look at the topography of the city of Jerusalem, if you look at the topography, it's on the mountain. The kind of ingenuity that Solomon and the men that work with him apply to be able to bring water from the valley to that high level is something <laughs> so great. No wonder when he was reporting his exploits in the book of Ecclesiastes, chapter 2, from verse 4 and verse 6, he made a specific mention of this public water system. Though the way it was mentioned in passing, Okay, we may not actually attach importance to it, but it's something of great significance. In verse 2 of uh, the preachers, chapter 2, I made me great works. You will also do great works. I said you will do great works. I builded me houses. I planted me vineyard. So he was planting vineyard on the hilltop. You know, it's going to have a challenge how to water the garden. Then, in verse 5, it says, I made me garden and orchards, and I planted three in them of all kinds of fruit. Now, how did he achieve that? I made me pool of water 
to water there with the wood that bringeth forth trees. So is that Israel is green in an arid desert is not a new thing. Are we together? Isaac, Solomon, all of them laid the foundation and their children improved on it. And today, okay, Israel is feeding a significant population across the world. Are we together? Now, what, what we met in Africa, how have we improved on it? I was speaking with Dr. Bob recently. Praise the name of the Lord. Up to today, we still, we still use imported cooking pots. Yet, we met our forefather fabricating uh, Agbari Ojuku. You know what they call Agbari Ojuku? You don't know it. The younger one don't know it. Kokoini. That one that you use in cooking meal where you have ceremony. We met it. Okay? And we have produced <laughs> metallurgical engineers in their, in, their, in their thousands. And there has never been an improvement on the Agbari Ojuku. It's still consuming more material and it's heavier than is necessary. Hello? And then somebody will study metallurgical engineering in Kwara Polytechnic in uh, foot uh, and in foot mina. And they will ask him to do a uh, project. Okay? And he will still go to the chef and take a book and copy uh, and write around him are things he can you know, work with and bring improvement. Am I talking to somebody? So be an improver of the system where you find yourself. When you see anything, okay, that is good, think about how do I make it better? When you see something that is better, think about how do I get the best of it? Am I talking to somebody? But there are some of you, something is not good, Okay, you are still comfortable, and that is why you can easily sleep in an environment that is dirty. And that is why your, 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 your bed, okay, your bed is making noise, and you cannot just go and take your hammer and take your nail and, uh, and correct it. Will somebody change this morning? That's why some of you, your vehicle, we have problem on the road, okay, and you want to fix it, and you go and bring a stone to to stop the to stop the car. And after fixing the after fixing the car, you leave the stone on the road. These are the kind of mess we see around that tells you that uh, we have a population that is not responsible. We have a population that wants people who will do everything for them. A population who wants the government to do everything. Since you can't do anything for yourself, even if you yourself get to the government, you won't do things for the people. And it's the people that are not, that are not known to have done things for themselves that are we actually pushing into government. Hello? People that have not done anything for themselves, we push them to government and want them to do things for us. You can only give what you have. Am I talking to somebody? Tap your neighbor say, wake up and be responsible. King Uzziah himself built towers. 
He established ranch. He established irrigation system. But in addition to that, he invented military hardware for hauling stones, for hauling missiles. Second Chronicle chapter 26. Second Chronicle chapter 26 from verse 14. And I also read verse 15. And Uzziah prepared for them throughout all the hosts, seeds, and spears, and elements, and abajon, and bows, and sling to cast stones. He was not a king that we send his army on suicide mission. Because any government that is sending people to go and fight war and it doesn't, it doesn't equip them, is actually asking the young people to go and commit suicide. He's a killer. Such a king, okay, should be prosecuted for genocide. When you send soldiers to war and you don't equip them, the way we have it around today, God will have mercy on us in Jesus' name. Then, and he made in Jerusalem engines invented by cunning men to be on the towers and upon the bulwark to shoot arrows and great stones with them. And his name spread far abroad, for he was marvelously helped till he was uh, strong. Our Lord Jesus Christ now. He used tools as carpenter to fabricate furnitures. He was first known as a carpenter before he became a miracle worker. Praise the name of the Lord. So he had a perfect professional background. He didn't say, after all, I have come to save the world. Let me just sit idle and wait until when the Holy Ghost will come upon me and I'll be going around to heal the sea. While he was waiting, he was walking. Am I talking to somebody? While he was waiting, he was what? He was walking. Hello, and the kind of teaching you are receiving is also the teaching that asks you to wait until Hilaria share. Lord Jokan, Lord Jokan, Hilaria share. Yo share, hallelujah. Suppose you say, Koja, we put up a lot of guns in Bajafu or Koto, say, Toripe, I want to call that Mojuto or Shekini, oh Mojuto. So Jesus used tools as a carpenter to fabricate furniture. To the extent that when he was doing miracle, they were surprised and said, Ah, say, Hallelujah. So say what to be Judasuloni, Tony Adwani can you send you your jewelry? Oh, Nishisha. Tell somebody, my your day. Hello. Once of all, people are your day. Oh, Lord, your day. Let it your day. Oh, your day. Oh, your day. Paul used letters. I told you the place of letters. Okay? <laughs> In communication. As also a form of technology. He used what? He was an efficient user of letters. He was also a tent maker. 
But what are we saying? We are not saying that because we can find all of this in the Bible, we should neglect the place of prayer, we should neglect the place of uh, preaching, we should neglect the place of building the morals of the people. That is very primary. When all these were employed, they were employed to support the divine purpose. They were not employed to replace the divine purpose. Are we together? So, the Bible remains a book of God's interaction with man, replete with divine intervention in human affairs. So, what we are saying is that the Bible does not offer just one-sided blessing. The Bible doesn't offer just one-sided blessing. It offers well-rounded, all-encompassing blessing. Not one-sided blessing, but well-rounded, all-encompassing blessing. We noted last week, and we are concluding with that note again. It is impossible to exclude God from any aspect of our lives. From our bedroom to our kitchen, from our kitchen to our living room, from our living room to our yard, from our yard to our office. You can't exclude God from any aspect of your life without facing negative repercussion. So next week, by the grace of God, we will examine God factor in reversing Africa economic fortune. God bless you. In Jesus' name. We believe you'll be blessed by the ministry of this message. You will do well to be the doer of all you've heard. For further inquiry and spiritual help, contact this number 80 or worship with us at Oasis of Wisdom Bible Church, adjacent University of Ilorin, teaching hospital, Okiosi Ilorin. God bless you.